0: You were so right about that sale at America's Best. Designer frames? Two pairs from Project Runway and Sofia Vergara. It's a great deal. Two pairs and a free eye exam starting at $69.95. You just pick them up? Well, I did stop for coffee first. Bet you stopped for coffee after too, did didn't you? <laughs> so cute! Wow. You realize owls have sensitive hearing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ah, so cute! The designer sales event. It's not just a better deal. It's America's Best. Hurry. Designer sale ends soon.
1: Hello and welcome to the Governor the podcast. I'm your host Abdullah, and with me today is Chris Fryes, and we are doing a second take of this episode because we because uh, we had some technical difficulties, which is um, unfortunate. And um, gosh, <laughs> isn't isn't technology great, isn't it? <laughs> it's great when it works.
0: Um, yeah, it doesn't always work, but uh, hopefully, uh, knock on wood, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be okay on this go around.
1: All right, so before before the before the um connection screwed up, we were talking about recording from home and and the new normal and not everything was going to go be go go be going back to normal and what have you. So, you know, basic stuff, <laughs> you know, basic basic stuff. So, and and my question was like uh before it went out um I know it was easy for you to because you already had a home studio set up because of your clients, because, you know, they needed you on, you know, they needed like a quick turnaround. So you were you were there for them. But did you did you uh, did you have to help anyone out who didn't have a home studio set up?
0: Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I've got a uh, another uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Scott Rummel is uh, very prominent in movie trailers. Uh, And he lives, uh, I'm I'm in a suburb of Los Angeles, uh, about 40, 45 miles outside of L.A. And of course, in Los Angeles, there's a plethora of uh, Hollywood and L.A. area. There's a plethora of voice actors. But outside uh, in Orange County, uh, specifically part of uh, Southern California, 50 miles outside of uh, all that. Not so many uh, of the voice acting uh, community, but there happens to be one of the... um, uh biggest uh movie trailer voices lives right down this the my block uh from me and uh and we uh we just became friends and stuff uh through meeting through a uh mutual acquaintance and uh and we'll help each other out occasionally like if there's a power outage or something fortunately we're in different um electrical grids so if my house power goes out because of something that happened with the power company or something like that, I could contact him and, and his studio would be available and vice versa. It works out uh, both ways. So it's, uh, and it, you know, I, I will say the voiceover community is also very generous uh, with their, um, with their time and their resources. So I, I, mean, this, this industry is, is tailor-made for me uh, because I, I, I like to be able to give back whenever I can and be there for, uh, for others. You know, when stuff doesn't go the way you want, there's nothing more aggravating and stress inducing than uh, when you need something or something doesn't work or something's not available. And there's somebody that is, uh, is, is ready to help. And, uh, and I've always appreciated it and I've tried to pay it forward whenever I can.
1: No, that's a good mentality to have. because um... I don't think uh i mean not not to not to dig on anybody who works in live action but it's a totally different you know like totally different environment from what i've noticed from you know voiceover to to live action because um you know you don't you don't hear a lot of stories about you know live act live action people like paying it forward (laughs) like you do yeah
0: yeah you it would be nice to hear more stories like that but uh but yeah voiceover is a different community and uh and i'm uh i'm honored and thrilled to be a part of it that's for sure
1: and it's a small commu- community as well cuz like you talk to people and it's like oh i know so and so oh i know so and so and it's just like like how big is this community cuz it's not very big from what i
0: it's know. really not it's uh it's funny you say that because i mean there's there's tens of thousands of voice actors and stuff but then the, there's really only about like 1% of them work on a regular basis and um I've certainly been blessed to be in, in uh, one of those, in that 1%. Uh, so once you get to kind of that, that point where you're starting to, I know before the pandemic and I'd go into auditions in town uh, and and uh, I'd be in a, a casting office or something, I'd, I'd sit in the lobby waiting for my turn to get called. And so there's a dozen or more people uh, filtering through and uh, in, you know, voice types when they're saying, oh, we're looking for somebody with this type of voice, ta- uh, you know, medium to deeper register, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So the same kind of the same group of guys are always the guys I bump into. And we, of course, been been uh, friends ever since. But it, it is kind of funny how you start bumping into these guys and you make you know, lifelong friends. And uh, uh, and then, of course, from producers and agents and uh, casting directors uh, different people with engineers, uh, you just start working with the same people uh, repeatedly. And uh, and yeah, it, it becomes the world gets a lot smaller real quick. And uh, it's also a great way, obviously, for, from a networking and marketing standpoint, when you're working with the same people, producers, uh, account executives at ad agencies, things like that, broadcast producers uh, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll start to just, you know, oh yeah, we work worked with Chris. Yeah. Use Chris again. Or, Hey, let's get Chris on this. Or, you know, that's, that's how you kind of grow your business. And, uh, uh, it's, it's a who, you know, world we're living in. And it's good to have some talent and some skill. Absolutely. But you also have to be known you can be the best voice actor in the world, but if nobody knows about you, it doesn't even matter. So you got to make sure you get your name out there and, uh, and keep it in a positive light and uh, and the work will come.
1: Yeah, um, I think we were talking about this before. You know, the recording screwed up, but um, like I think a lot. Of, the end goal for a lot of people who want to get into this business is, you know, being able to be referred to by name by casting directors or wh- whoever. It's like, oh, I want you know so and so. Can you get me so and so by name? And that's that's a huge deal because like that means like your networking is is. Um, you know, is, has worked, and that you have created a positive relationship with these casting directors; that they want to have you back. So, I mean, that's that's the end goal, really.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. The relationships are key. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, being being easy to work with, being you know, being able to give the client what they want uh, on the first within the first couple of takes, uh, and uh, and being available uh, when they need you is, uh, is, is key. Yeah. Just being able to um, provide I'm, I'm in a service industry. I provide a service. So uh, if I, if I can maintain that uh, consistent level of service, then uh, I'll, I'll keep working.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I mean, it's, I know like networking, isn't a fun thing to to do, but I mean, you got to do it because like how else are you going to get your name out there?
0: Well, exactly. Yeah, no. And I I don't find it, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not bad. It's not uh, a grind or anything like that as far as meeting people and and getting out there and stuff, because talking talking about the industry, talking about voiceover stuff, it's it's really a pleasure for me. So uh, talking with other like minded people uh, about the industry is is really a pleasure for me. So it's never never an issue.
1: And I mean, speaking of the industry, like what is your favorite thing about the industry personally?
0: Josh, I think it is like that community, that sense of community and 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 the generosity within the, the, among the actors and that. Um, and uh, it, it is uh, it can be a very isolating job because you're working by yourself a lot of the time. But at the same time, when you when you do interact with other people be it producers or fellow actors or something there's all, always an immediate sense of hey how you doing and they really mean it you know and we really mean it and um and they everybody wants to see everybody succeed kind of a thing so there's that really great generous uh, kind of rooting each other on uh, kind of feeling which is was which is really nice so yeah i got to say that that's that's uh, the most appealing part of this
1: and does it feel weird hearing your your voice in video games and promos and all that and all the stuff you've done?
0: It does. I actually I actually don't really like the sound of my own voice to be honest. It's uh I mean I'm very critical uh and and part of that I guess is a good thing to be to to have a high standard uh uh but i i have to be comfortable with saying, no, I met that standard, but I'm always like, nah, trying to like, you know, push the bar and, and do better, be better, you know, and whatever. So listening back to myself on a in a commercial, in a video game, in a promo, I I, I listen to it and I'm like I wish I would have made a different turn or, or kind of, you know, billboarded that or emphasized or kind of ended that sentence on a down note or, Oh, I wish I could have had more energy there or or a little bit more intensity over there or or whatever it is. I'm just very like, "Mm, I could have done it better if I did it again, you know, kind of a thing. So it's like, I, 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 sometimes it's just better to leave well enough alone. I'd probably be a very bad director because I'd constantly be trying to tinker and find something even better, even better. Um, so uh, I think I'm in the right uh, side of the mic, so to speak, uh, to be uh, able to take the direction, deliver it. But then hearing it back myself, yeah, I'm I'm a little overly critical.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, you're not the first voice actor I've talked to that is overly clear- critical. Like, I mean, every time I ask someone, like, do you watch your own work? They're like nine times out of ten, it's like no, because I can't stand listening to myself.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs>
1: Which is, which is hilarious because like you're, you, you know, voice actors, like it's all about, you know, the the sound of your voice and what you can do with it. And like most of the people haven't even watched their own work and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't like listening to myself, which I find is kind of hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a lot of times with me with promos and commercial, uh, you know, I, it'd be just watching TV and I'm, you know, watching some of and 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 one of my spots come up and people are like hey hey that's you and i'm like yeah oh, yeah it's okay, okay. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it is kind of funny uh uh from that standpoint uh although it's it actually it's even like if there is like a new campaign that i am kind of excited about i'm like oh hey this thing came up and my kids are not at all interested now it's like they're just okay dad fast forward we don't care <laughs> so I'm like hey this is paying paying for the mortgage and, and food in and their fridge and everything they don't care <laughs> like most uh, kids i think their parents uh do not impress them uh, and uh, oh well i guess it's a uh, it's the cross we bear
1: no um i'm just because when i did my research i know you're the voice of the owl on the america's what was it called america's best yeah yeah <laughs> And I, and I just can't stop like hearing that now, like while listening to you talk. Cause it's like, it's just your normal voice. And I'm like, I, I feel like I'm talking to that owl, man.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, there is, it's a little bit of a character voice. The America's best, uh, is a little snarkier and more star- sarcastic. And I get a little bit more nasally. So I'd be a little bit more, uh, uh, America's best it's not just a better deal it's America's best so I'm a little bit more in this uh kind of nasally and a little snarky sarcastic kind of right in this uh uh, pocket is is where this voice kind of came from and um and then when I yeah when I first got the audition for that I think they asked for something along that line as far as sarcastic or whatever and um and it's when I select kind of a character uh like I make a choice or something like that I didn't think ooh, sarcastic should be nasally. No, it just that's what just kind of came out and, and inspired me at that kind of moment when uh, uh, coming up with that uh, for the audition, and that ended up ultimately booking it. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that's a, that's been a wonderful campaign.
1: No, because it's interesting because it's an owl, and you know when people think of owls, they think of like you know who who toot you know don't pollute or or uh, sure or. or or like a specific voice, like a deeper voice or like an older wise man. Because like, sure, you know, sure. Owls have this, like people think owls are wise. And I'm like, you know, well, I don't think they are. I just think that they look, they look wise, but I don't think they are. But, um, and and I don't I know, you know, when I was like listening to that campaign, I'm like, I'm actually surprised he went with a different direction with a nasally, sarcastic, take well while, while other actors would just uh, would have gone with uh with the old man you know stereotype
0: that's a very good point actually and it's funny when um uh i'll listen to a, a commercial or a promo or, or something that i might have auditioned for but didn't get and then i hear what they ended up going with and um and it's either an entirely different direction that i uh uh, didn't even consider, and and I'm thinking, well, that wasn't even in the specs as far as uh, the description of the voice they were wanting, uh, uh, you know, or if it's very similar to what I did is like, well, you know, it's 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 a feeling. A lot of times, though, a producer, a casting director, those account executives, they don't know what they want until they hear it. They'll give direction, they'll give specs, um, but in in uh, in large part, they'll know it when they hear it. So I always try to like, okay, I'll list, I'll read the specs. And if it's asking for something casual, conversational, natural, uh, uh, whatever. Okay. I'll give that, that read. Then I'm going to see based on my interpretation of the script. Uh, if I think, hmm, I think it would also work if I was really uh, kind of intimate, reflective, and uh, maybe an inner monologue, you know, something the little bit out of left field. That wasn't in the specs at all. And I'll tell you uh, in some of those uh, bookings uh, more often than you might think it's that out of left field uh, approach that booked it, not the one that I was per their specs. So always something to consider for any other uh, voice actors out there that are looking to to um, work their way up uh, uh, in the industry is don't necessarily give them what they you think they want. Give them something that they are, they aren't expecting that still can apply to whatever it is that that particular project or script calls for, but something different uh, because yeah, if they're hearing a sea of sameness, something that stands out in a really good way uh, can be the what sets you apart and that's the idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like old man voice. Well, I mean, we all know what an old man sounds like, but like how old? Like 50s, 60s? Like does he have an underbite, sure. you know? Like is oh, he nasally? Yeah. you know, is he nasally? Is he gravelly? Like what do you want, you know? Cuz like old man can mean anything. You know, it's not there's sure. no like there is no like one sound and and I think and I think that's interesting because like you I mean, um because cause a lot of like stories I hear of actors like getting you know voice actors getting these like big parts is that nine times out of ten they went into those auditions like uh, being prepared to give the give the director something different because they just looked at the material and they said okay I know what they want but I'm gonna try something different and nine nine right. times out of ten that worked and and it's like yeah. you know, don't be afraid to play this is what I'm saying like don't be afraid to to play.
0: Yeah, I and and that is exactly. I mean, we're in an industry, uh, a creative industry. So, uh remember we're part of the process, that creative process. So, yeah, being uh if you're afraid to play, then you're in the wrong business. So, yeah. Uh
1: yeah, I mean, speaking of playing, um you're in like one of the earliest call of duties, like World at War and I cannot believe like how old that game is right now. It's like Oh God! Two thousand eight. Wh- where does the time fly? <laughs> it, it, that was a, a
0: really fascinating project for me too, because I think that might have been my second video game uh, that I did, like ever, uh, and uh, and it was alongside uh, uh, Gary Oldman and Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, you know, two very prominent actors in there. Uh, on-camera actors in their field and I was third billing behind them and I was just like oh my god this is uh um quite the uh accomplishment and honor uh uh, but that was that was a workout those sessions there was uh uh, a few different days of sessions um and I came out of those uh, sessions like drenched in sweat uh, because I was just the uh RPG heads down, we're getting hit the beach. And I'm like, oh my God. And it was a workout. And I even brought my um uh my at the time she was, I think, eight or nine years old daughter to the session. And uh I didn't know the I didn't know Call of Duty uh as far as the the history of any of those sessions and stuff. And the first line on my script was uh, profanity (laughs) and I'm like um honey why don't you wait in the lobby the secretary's there with a bowl of candy you'll be fine (laughs) you know like maybe not the best thing to have my uh my eight or nine year old uh, child to to witness there
1: no but I mean it's interesting because I you know rewatched some of the cutscenes and the um the acting still holds up surprisingly well so there you go well good thank you
0: <laughs> all right because
1: <laughs> i because i worry sometimes like with with a the, the piece of media where it's been like a couple of years and it's like uh has this aged well has this aged well and, and i watch it and i'm like oh it hasn't aged well and sometimes like it just goes to show like sometimes like good writing and, and direction and performance is like can withstand the test of time so
0: oh yeah i could not agree more
1: yeah um Like and did you did you walk out of that session like completely, you know, you know, uh, completely just uh, did you lose your voice from that session?
0: You know, early on, uh, one of the issues from uh, doing video games early on, I um, well, I think my very first video game was Resistance 2, uh, I think was the name of it. Uh, Anyway, they I was like soldier number three or something. It wasn't uh, by any means a starring role. But uh, they were having me do some battle cries, yelling out, and um, so I'm yelling at the you know top of my lungs. I'm belting these these lines out. And the director and the engineer are like, Wow, wow, that's great. I'm oh, very impressive. Okay. Keep going, keep going. And of course them you know singing my praises there i'm like wow i'll, I'll give him even more you know so i even gave him more and bigger and bigger to the point where i lost my voice in the session mortified i was absolutely humiliated and embarrassed by this and uh but i because i didn't really know how to yell uh how to scream in uh and how to preserve your voice um so i had to quickly learn that you know when you're screaming and yelling you're doing it differently than you would in in reality uh you know if you're screaming in reality you're not doing it for uh, well if i'm going to scream because this this bad person is chasing me with a baseball bat uh you know i want to make sure i scream to preserve my voice so i can scream for a longer period no you're you're screaming out of terror and whatever so uh, but in a, in a game, in, in these acting sessions, it's, uh, it's different. You have to, uh, make it sound like you're screaming at the top of your lungs, but you're really only given like 50%. And, uh, uh, but it sounds like you're giving it your all and, and that, uh, so it, 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 there's a skill involved that I had to quickly learn how to do. And and, and even, even preserving that, that 50% yell, over a period of time that still wears on you so it um, you could just go you're able to go longer though that's that's the idea uh, but yeah you have to I had to learn that and I had to learn that quickly
1: no because uh, those military games like take a lot out of you and I mean I've talked you know? to many people who've you know walked into these sessions and and they're like okay it's a military game and like the way the lines are written they're just like you know go get down, grenade, you know, just like one, one word things. And they just want you to say these things over and over again. And it's just like, it sounds horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. But some of the other games, I think shortly after call of duty, I did uh, a couple of medal of honors. um, And uh, my character dusty, he was a, a good old boy, uh, kind of a Southern kind of, and there was lots of dialogue. Uh, which was a lot of fun though too so there was periods of time where i'm just conversing with other characters uh d- discussing strategy on you know how to take this uh hill and uh attack the enemy and whatever and then of course once you get into the battle then it's the head down rpg you know all that stuff uh but there was uh it was interspersed with a lot it so it had a more of a cinematic quality uh to it where it was um yeah, characters that had backstories and uh, you got to know them even more uh, as well as uh, go to battle with them and stuff. And of course, that's a lot of where the, these games are, are headed. It's like they're, they're, uh, they're really just theatrical movies as a video game.
1: I just sometimes wonder like how many of these scripts are started out as movie scripts, but then just like, didn't make it into, into production. And they're like, well, we could make this into a video game. <laughs> no problem.
0: I wonder. Yeah. I wonder seriously. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause a lot of them feel like spec scripts sometimes. So I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, I mean, speaking of dusty, um, was it weird, like, when that, I remember when that game came out, like, 11 years ago again, like, you know, like, how, how crazy time flies, but, um, I remember when that game first came out years ago, and I remember playing it, and, well, I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of it, because, like, I'm like, uh, eh, you know, if you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna copy Call of Duty, you know, couldn't you have copied, like, some of the gooder, you know, the, the parts that were good about that series, but that's not here or there, but, um, I just I I didn't even know that you were the main voice the the voice of that character until like I did research for this for this uh, episode. Uh, was it weird, um, like looking looking back on that and and playing a character who's on the poster and and, and the on the cover and and everything? Was that weird? <laughs>
0: weird uh i i guess in a sense uh i mean i thought it was pretty cool <laughs> but uh uh i i you know my kids were like looking at like that's not you that you don't look like that at all you don't have a beard you don't you know like no i'm the voice of that character <laughs> you know whatever but uh they were trying to put that uh the, the two and two together there with uh but uh but no, it is pretty cool. I, I didn't enjoy, uh, didn't realize that they were uh, um, you know, going to put me on the cover with that. Uh, and then I think they were even considering, had sales of the second, because uh, they did the first Medal of Honor, then I think it was Medal of Honor Warfighter. And uh, they were about to do um, uh, uh, another series of them continuing the franchise, and that it was going to be just me, not with the team um i guess me going off on my own or something but uh uh wasn't to be they i guess they uh didn't didn't sell enough units of the second one to continue it but uh that would have been a lot of fun uh that was a lot of fun to do those uh sessions though so uh and they were not nearly as taxing as the call of duty that that call of duty was probably the toughest one
1: yeah because like i i think like um they weren't as taxing because you know dusty's character doesn't like you know he's not screaming at the top of his lungs when he's like delivering dialogue it's just like you know calm right. yeah like, he plays like, it a lot cooler yeah. he plays things
0: a lot cooler yeah
1: <laughs> so i like call of duty where you have like characters screaming at each other like <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah no but um does it like do you look back on that and just think you know uh, you know, did, did you get, you know, disappointed that, you know, they didn't continue, did, did they didn't continue with the series? Cause you know, they, they obviously had plans, but.
0: Right. You know. I, I think back then I was, uh, and I was, but I was newer uh, to the, uh, at that time I probably had only been in, yeah, I was in six, seven years in, in voiceover at that time. So at that time, and, and, uh, and in the last few years of that uh, six, seven years was when I started to kind of, Uh, really catch get some traction in my career first four years of uh, voice acting was very lean times uh, trying to book work on any kind of consistent basis Um, but by year five six and seven and when some of these video games and some of the uh, early commercial campaigns and stuff were starting to hit um, it was I I took every booking and every uh, lost job to heart you know I was super excited the highs were super high and the lows were were super low uh if uh, if i got dismissed from a campaign it wouldn't be for any other reason than they changed ad agencies and it was just they were going to go in another direction or the video game uh it's like nothing you did a great job we just didn't sell enough units or something so so when that would happen i'm like oh no or or i get uh when uh when an actor gets uh um narrowed down for like say the top three or four of, uh, of a particular job you get what they call put on a veil I don't know if they you discuss some of the lingo and stuff uh with uh, veil. just means what's your availability we think we might use you maybe you or another guy or another couple of guys so there's a high uh, uh chance that you're going to book this this job So if I got put on a, on a veil, I was like, Oh boy. Oh good. Okay. Great. Great. And then I'd get a call a day or so later. And they, my agent would say, Oh, we're going to have to release your avail. Meaning you weren't picked. Uh, They went with somebody else. And I was like, Oh, you know, the biggest disappointment. Um, And, and again, the lows were low, but if I was one of the guys that got picked from that avail, I'd be like, yeah, you know, and, and, of course, to this day, if I, if I get a booking, I, I'm, of course, very honored and grateful, very grateful. But if I get released from a veil, which still happens, I go, okay, well, no problem. That opened up my schedule now. You kind of take things in stride a little bit more because that's just kind of how the industry um, is, is going, where uh, with more experience, you understand. Don't get too excited about some of these jobs because you don't know if maybe it won't turn out like you thought. Um, and, um, and at the same time, uh, if something, uh, is released or doesn't continue, that's just how this industry goes. Don't worry about it. You'll get the next one and just keep moving forward. So I take it a little bit more in stride back then. I was a little, a little more disappointed because I was anxious and and excited, but that's the industry.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to deal with rejection. You're going to get... And I mean, it's, it's true of every industry. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get uh, moments where you feel like, you know, you could have gone better, but uh, you know, you just got to keep moving forward and that's an, and that's the the best any of us can do really. Yeah, You just yep. move forward.
0: Exactly. There you go.
1: And, um, and yeah, uh, it's just, I, I know like from my research as well as that, um, You also do the voice. You you also do voice matching for Jeff Bridges. Like, how did that come about? Yeah, that was
0: uh, uh, that was through my agent uh, had. uh, That's one of the things, too, that's key with uh, uh, a, a good voiceover career is having the right people around you that believe in you, that see things in you that you didn't even see um and yeah voice matching for for jeff bridges was something i don't i don't think i sound like him at all uh but i guess occasionally in sessions um uh it was brought up to me that uh you know who you remind me of and i'm like oh yeah what's that you got a jeff bridges thing kind of going on there just on certain phrases or sentences or um and I'm like, oh wow, okay, you know. And I didn't think anything of it the first time it was mentioned to me. It's just, you know, whatever. And then it was mentioned to me again, and then again. And I was like, wow, I guess there's something to this. And and then my agent even brought it up to me. And and then occasionally, um, in uh, ADR sessions and looping sessions, they, uh, you know, the actor, say Jeff Bridges, um, will they'll need to do some pickups in post-production before a movie is released and he might not be available or, uh, or it would cost too much or whatever to bring him back in or something like that. So, um, so they try to get a sound alike, a voice match uh, for it. And, uh, and yeah, my agent said, Hey, try it, try this. Uh, and, you know, so I'd, I'd study his sound a little bit and, you know, based on uh, cause Bridges has lots of different kinds of voices if he's uh, if, like from R.I.P.D. or True Grit, you know, he's he's got that voice that's right down in here and he's talking like a very gravelly. But then if he's in uh, like the, the Big Lebowski, you know, he's like, you know, the dude abides. So he's a little bit more casual, laid back and like that. Um, then you just kind of kind of roll with it. So I studied his sound a lot and then I was able to uh, put something together that I thought kind of sounded like I was in that kind of ballpark and, and it booked and I've done uh, several uh, projects uh, for him, which is, yeah, yeah, definitely an honor. It's pretty cool. So, but I still don't hear it. I I do not hear Jeff Bridges in my voice. (laughs) I mean,
1: kind of, but not really.
0: (laughs) That's what I mean. So, I mean, I have to kind of like anything else, uh, if I were to do a dialect or something like that, I have to study that dialect or study that sound um, and in order for me to kind of get into that headspace. Uh, some guys, uh, like Saturday Night Live guys or people who do impressions and stuff, they can just snap into it. and That's not how I can do uh, a, a voice match. I have to study it and record it, listen back, and then alter my pitch or my cadence or, or whatever it is. And it, it's a process for me to voice match, um, and uh, and then I can get a little closer uh, and close enough where, uh, you know, the the studio thinks they can't tell the difference. Uh, but when I've seen some of the stuff where I've voice matched for them, um, and uh, and I know that it's my voice, it's like here's Jeff's voice, and then they pasted me in, and then Jeff back again. I can hear it like it's a slap in the face it's like so obvious um and and i'd say oh boy did you guys oh, did you hear that that was terrible and they're like what are you talking about he goes well the way they laid my voice in with jeff's i i mean it's totally obvious it was it was a different voice and they're like no where was your voice and i explained to him i would rewind and like right there and they're like i can well, now that you're pointing it out, I could barely tell the difference, but I, I could not tell the difference at all, they were saying. I'm like, wow, really? Okay, well, I guess I did something right.
1: <laughs> I so, mean, uh, sometimes like, you know, when you listen to sound via headphones, it kind of is obvious, like, you know, it's more obvious, but if you're watching it via speakers, it, it might not be obvious. So maybe that's...
0: Well, I also think too, it's like, you know, your own voice. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're around your own voice pretty much all all day every day <laughs> so you know every little idiosyncrasy nook and cranny of your voice so you'd be able to hear your voice in a in a, a sea of other voices very easily uh, uh to tell them apart so i think that's where it uh, comes from where, uh, and that's those especially of the things that i do i like to hear myself and i'm very critical me yeah, i don't like to i really don't like to hear myself doing uh looping cuz i I think it's, I think it's really bad. Uh, I, I think it's obvious. And and uh, and so I'm talking about being super critical. I'm super critical of that. I'm like, I don't think I'm anywhere near that, but apparently it, it was good enough for them. So there you go. <laughs> I, can
1: ima- I can imagine you saying to to all your friends and family, all right, you know, we can watch any movie you want, but please no, no Jeff Bridges movies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't want, I don't like hearing myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. There
1: it is. Um, no, but I mean, it's, I mean, it pays the bills and I've had people oh, no. on here who have done voice matching for other celebrities. And, and if, and if it's like, Hey, if, if being like the poor man's Jeff Bridges is what puts food on the table, then here we go. <laughs> you know, there you go. Um, But I mean, it's. I mean, it's just interesting, I, I feel, because, I mean, it's interesting you bring up voice matching because they want a voice match. They don't want uh, an impression. They want, like, someone who sounds exactly like, you know, exactly like that actor to the syllable. And if and if it's, like, off for, like, a, a millisecond, they'll notice. So they they want, you know, because cause people seem to think that, you know, all oh, voice matching is just impressions. No, it's not. It's you, you're doing a voice match of that actor or actress. Like you have to sound exactly like, uh, that, that, um, that actor or actress, otherwise, you know, you're, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get the gig. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, and what else have you been up to during, during the past, uh, and during these crazy pandemic times?
0: Well, it's interesting. Uh, the, the last year and a half uh, has been among my strongest years. Uh, a lot of uh, commercial campaigns uh, ranging from uh, like Kubota, the tractors to more America's best. Um, uh, lots of promo work for History Channel, for ESPN, for uh, Fox Sports, and um, it's it's yeah it's it's been odd how these uh you know some of these campaigns have just kind of really increased and blown up uh um, it's it's been uh, I was bracing myself for the uh lean lean leaner uh times in this last year and a half but uh but on the contrary it's actually uh even grown more exponentially uh with uh with especially commercial work i, I think too because more people were you know watching tv and and uh still trying to uh, uh advertisers still trying to you know get get products out there get people uh uh buying things again and stuff so it's uh yes these campaigns uh, definitely picked up uh, quite a bit dodge brotherhood of muscle i was doing a lot for dodge this last year as well so uh some really uh interest silk soy milk another one uh, i think with uh, Uh, Michael Phelps' uh, uh, campaign. Um, So some fun stuff, Uh, some really interesting uh, projects that uh, seem to really take off this past year.
1: And how many times did you have to say, in these trying times?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a few.
1: (laughs) Remember that period where every ad started out with in these trying times? And I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) stop Uh, reminding me.
0: yeah there was a lot of uh pandemic phrases that uh just yeah they 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 were at first inspirational and and then but then after a while it was like okay, it's a little bit uh played uh so let's let's move move on you know like everything else let's move on past this pandemic
1: yeah but i mean and it's and it's just it's kind of condescending because like with advertisements they want that upbeat friendly tone and and having like an upbeat friendly tone remind me of of the end of the world and this pandemic i'm like i don't like this
0: <laughs> well in in exactly yeah i i think uh that's where some of the some of the ads um i think kind of pandered to that and it was kind of unfortunate uh but uh i think now we're we're looking to everybody's like wants to get back to as much of a kind of a normalcy as as, uh, as they can and uh, and it's not to forget about you know the terrible uh, how how terrible this pandemic was but it's we we all have to move forward whatever happened in history uh good bad or otherwise we all continue to move forward time didn't stop and we didn't stay in that dark time or that great time or that whatever time we always continue to move forward. And I think that's what everybody wants to do now is just keep moving forward. Now, you know, it it happened now. Let's keep moving forward. Let's not forget, but let's move forward.
1: Yeah. And I mentioned this like many, many times before, but like moving forward is just, it's hard. I know, but like, that's all we can do really. Like we have to keep moving forward, no matter how hard it gets, we just gotta keep moving forward, no matter how, how annoying and how frustrating everything is. You just got to like, okay, you know, you got to wake up and just seize the opportunity to make the best out of the day. You can really. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Cause I think, you know, I've, <laughs> you know, no, I,
0: th- I think if, I think if you're feeling good, I'm feeling good. That's another thing with voiceover. It's like, you know, Hey, Chris, uh, are you happy with uh, what we did? And I'm like, I'm not unhappy until you're unhappy.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like, really, I was kind of sad that we had to um, uh, bin the introduction during the original recording. But that's the problem with uh, recording everything via Zoom and and, uh, and uh, internet, because you have to make sure that, uh, that your guest has... Um, has a good connection as well. So, but I mean, it happens and, you know, I mean, it is, it is what it is, but, uh, I th- thank you so much for taking the time out to do this, man. It, I mean, I know that we had to like reschedule <laughs> this, like how many times now? And,
0: and, and I, yeah. That's, that's definitely another issue with the industry is, uh, um, when a client, uh, says jump, I say how high, you know, I got to be there for him. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this, uh, uh to do this and if you ever want to come back for whatever reason you know you know where to find me <laughs> all right sounds good all right take pleasure care. bye-bye bye